Section 19 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Margaret Espayat. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1 by Robert Burton. Section 19. Partition 1, Section 1, Member 2, Subsections 5 through 8. Subsection 5. Of the Soul and Her Faculties. According to Aristotle, the soul is defined to be entelecheia, perfectio et actus primus corporis organisi vitam habentis in potentia, the perfection or first act of an organical body, having power of life which most philosophers approve. But many doubts arise about the essence, subject, seat, distinction, and subordinate faculties of it. For the essence and particular knowledge, of all other things it is most hard, be it of man or beast, to discern as Aristotle himself, Tully, Picus Mirandula, Tolet, and other neoteric philosophers confess, we can understand all things by her, but what she is we cannot apprehend. Some, therefore, make one soul, divided into three principal faculties, other three distinct souls which question of late hath been much controverted by Piccolominius and Zarabel. Paracelsus will have four souls adding to the three grand faculties a spiritual soul, which opinion of his, Campanella, in his book De Censurerum, much labors to demonstrate and prove, because carcasses bleed at the sight of the murderer, with many such arguments, and some again one soul of all creatures whatsoever, differing only in organs, and that beasts have reason as well as men, though for some defect of organs, not in such measure. Others make a doubt whether it be all in all, and all in every part, which is amply discussed in Zarabel amongst the rest. The common division of the soul is into three principal faculties, vegetal, sensitive, and rational, which make three distinct kinds of living creatures, vegetal plants, sensible beasts, rational men. How these three principal faculties are distinguished and connected, humano ingenio inaccessum videtur, is beyond human capacity, as Taurellus, Philip, Flavens, and others suppose. The inferior may be alone, but the superior cannot subsist without the other, so sensible includes vegetal, rational both, which are contained in it, saith Aristotle, ut trigonus in tetragono, as a triangle in a quadrangle. Vegetal Soul Vegetal, the first of the three distinct faculties, is defined to be a substantial act of an organical body, by which it is nourished, augmented, and begets another like unto itself, in which definition three several operations are specified, altrix, octrix, procreatrix. The first is nutrition, whose object is nourishment, meat, drink, and the like, his organ the liver in sensible creatures, in plants the root or sap. His office is to turn the nutriment into the substance of the body nourished, which he performs by natural heat. This nutritive operation hath four other subordinate functions or powers belonging to it, attraction, retention, digestion, expulsion. Attraction. 
Attraction is a ministering faculty, which, as a lodestone doth iron, draws meat into the stomach, or as a lamp doth oil, and this attractive power is very necessary in plants, which suck up moisture by the root, as another mouth, into the sap, as a like stomach. Retention Retention keeps it being attracted unto the stomach until such time it be concocted, for if it should pass away straight, the body could not be nourished. Digestion Digestion is performed by natural heat, for as the flame of a torch consumes oil, wax, tallow, so doth it alter and digest the nutritive matter. Indigestion is opposite unto it for want of natural heat. Of this digestion there be three differences, maturation, exhalation, assation. Maturation. Maturation is especially observed in the fruits of trees, which are then said to be ripe when the seeds are fit to be sown again. Crudity is opposed to it, which gluttons, epicures, and idle persons are most subject unto, that use no exercise to stir natural heat, or else choke it as too much wood puts out a fire. Exhalation. Exhalation is the seething of meat in the stomach by the said natural heat, as meat is boiled in a pot, to which corruption or putrefaction is opposite. Assation. Assation is a concoction of the inward moisture by heat. His opposite is semiustulation. Order of concoction fourfold. Besides these several operations of digestion, there is a fourfold order of concoction. Mastication, or chewing in the mouth. Chilification of this so-chewed meat in the stomach. The third is in the liver, to turn this chylus into blood, called sanguification. The last is assimilation, which is in every part. Expulsion Expulsion is a power of nutrition by which it expels all superfluous excrements and relics of meat and drink by the guts, bladder, pores, as by purging, vomiting, spitting, sweating, urine, hairs, nails, etc. Augmentation as this nutritive faculty serves to nourish the body, so doth the augmenting faculty, the second operation or power of the vegetal faculty, to the increasing of it in quantity, according to all dimensions, long, broad, thick, and to make it grow till it come to his due proportion and perfect shape, which hath his period of augmentation, as of consumption, and that most certain, as the poet observes, Statua cuique dies, breve et irreparabile tempus, omnibus est vitae. A term of life is set to every man, which is but short, and pass it no one can. Generation. The last of these vegetal faculties is generation, which begets another by means of seed, like unto itself, to the perpetual preservation of the species. To this faculty they ascribe three subordinate operations, the first to turn nourishment into seed, etc. Life and death, concomitants of the vegetal faculties. Necessary concomitants or affections of this vegetal faculty are life and his privation, death. 
To the preservation of life the natural heat is most requisite, through siccity and humidity, and those first qualities be not excluded. This heat is likewise in plants, as appears by their increasing, fructifying, etc., though not so easily perceived. In all bodies it must have radical moisture to preserve it, that it be not consumed, to which preservation our clime, country, temperature, and the good or bad use of those six non-natural things avail much. For as this natural heat and moisture decays, so doth our life itself, and if not prevented before some violent accident, or interrupted through our own default, is in the end dried up by old age, and extinguished by death for want of matter, as a lamp for a defect of oil to maintain it. Subsection 6. Of the Sensible Soul. Next in order is the sensible faculty, which is as far beyond the other in dignity as a beast is preferred to a plant, having those vegetal powers included in it. Tis defined an act of an organical body by which it lives, hath sense, appetite, judgment, breath, and motion. His object in general is a sensible or passable quality, because the sense is affected with it. The general organ is the brain, from which principally the sensible operations are derived. This sensible soul is divided into two parts, apprehending or moving. By the apprehensive power we perceive the species of sensible things present or absent, and retain them as wax doth the print of a seal. By the moving, the body is outwardly carried from one place to another, or inwardly moved by spirits and pulse. The apprehensive faculty is subdivided into two parts, inward or outward. Outward as the five senses of touching, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, to which you may add Scaliger's sixth sense of titillation, as you please, or that of speech, which is the sixth external sense, according to Lullius. Inward are three, common sense, fantasy, memory. Those five outward senses have their object in outward things only, and such as are present, as the eye sees no color except it be at hand, the ear sound. Three of these senses are of commodity, hearing, sight, and smell, two of necessity, touch and taste, without which we cannot live. Besides, the sensitive power is active or passive. Active in sight, the eye sees the color, passive when it is hurt by his object, as the eye by the sunbeams. According to that axiom, visibili forte destruit sensum or if the object be not pleasing, as a bad sound to the ear, a stinking smell to the nose, etc. Sight. Of these five senses, sight is held to be most precious, and the best, and that by reason of his object it sees the whole body at once. By it we learn and discern all things, a sense most excellent for use. To the sight three things are required, the object, the organ, and the medium. The object in general is visible, or that which is to be seen, as colors and all shining bodies. The medium is the illumination of the air which comes from light, commonly called diaphanum, for in dark we cannot see. 
the organ is the eye, and chiefly the apple of it, by which those optic nerves, concurring both in one, conveys the sight to the common sense. Between the organ and the object a true distance is required, that it be not too near or too far off. Many excellent questions appertain to this sense, discussed by philosophers, as whether this sight be caused intramitendo, vel extramitendo, etc., by receiving in the visible species, or sending of them out, which Plato, Plutarch, Macrobius, Lactantius, and others dispute. And, besides, it is the subject of the perspectives, of which Alhazen the Arabian, Vitellio, Roger Bacon, Baptista Porta, Guidas Ubaldus, Aquilonius, etc., have written whole volumes. Hearing a most excellent outward sense, by which we learn and get knowledge. His object is sound, or that which is heard, the medium air, organ the ear. To the sound which is a collision of the air three things are required, a body to strike, as the hand of a musician, the body struck, which must be solid and able to resist, as a bell, lute-string, not wool or sponge, the medium, the air, which is inward or outward, the outward being struck or collided by a solid body, till strikes the next air, until it come to that inward natural air, which, as an exquisite organ, is contained in a little skin formed like a drumhead, and struck upon by certain small instruments like drumsticks, conveys the sound by a pair of nerves appropriate to that use, to the common sense, as to a judge of sounds. There is great variety and much delight in them, for the knowledge of which consult with Bothius and other musicians. Smelling Smelling is an outward sense which apprehends by the nostrils drawing in air, and of all the rest it is the weakest sense in men. The organ is the nose, or two small hollow pieces of flesh a little above it. The medium, the air, to men, as water to fish. The object, smell, arising from a mixed body resolved, which, whether it be a quality, fume, vapor, or exhalation, I will not now dispute or of their differences, and how they are caused. This sense is an organ of health, as sight and hearing, saith Agellius, are of discipline, and that by avoiding bad smells, as by choosing good, which do as much alter and affect the body many times, as diet itself. Taste. Taste, a necessary sense, which perceives all savors by the tongue and palate, and that by means of a thin spittle or watery juice. His organ is the tongue with his tasting nerves, the medium a watery juice, the object taste or savor, which is a quality in the juice, arising from the mixture of things tasted. Some make eight species or kinds of savor, bitter, sweet, sharp, salt, etc., all which sick men, as in an ague, cannot discern, by reason of their organs misaffected. Touching Touch, the last of the senses, and most ignoble, yet of as great necessity as the other, and of as much pleasure. This sense is exquisite in men, and by his nerves dispersed all over the body, perceives any tactile quality. His organ the nerves, his object those first qualities, hot, dry, 
moist, cold, and those that follow them, hard, soft, thick, thin, etc. Many delightsome questions are moved by philosophers about these five senses, their organs, objects, mediums, for which brevity I omit. Subsection 7. Of the Inward Senses. Common Sense. Inner senses are three in number, so called because they be within the brain pan, as common sense, fantasy, memory. Their objects are not only things present, but they perceive the sensible species of things to come, past, absent, such as were there before in the sense. This common sense is the judge or moderator of the rest, by whom we discern all differences of objects. For by mine eye I do not know that I see, or by mine ear that I hear, but by my common sense, who judgeth of sounds and colors. They are but the organs to bring the species to be censured, so that all their objects are his, and all their offices are his. The fore part of the brain is his organ or seat. Fantasy Fantasy, or imagination, which some call estimative or cogitative, confirmed, saith Fernelius, by frequent meditation, is an inner sense which doth more fully examine the species perceived by common sense, of things present or absent, and keeps them longer, recalling them to mind again, or making new of his own. In time of sleep this faculty is free, and many times conceives strange, stupend, absurd shapes, as in sick men we commonly observe. His organ is the middle cell of the brain, his objects all the species communicated to him by the common sense, by comparison of which he feigns infinite other unto himself. In melancholy men this faculty is most powerful and strong, and often hurts, producing many monstrous and prodigious things, especially if it be stirred up by some terrible object, presented to it from common sense or memory. In poets and painters imagination forcibly works, as appears by their several fictions, antics, images, as Ovid's House of Sleep, Psyche's Palace in Apuleius, etc. In men it is subject and governed by reason, or at least should be, but in brutes it hath no superior, and is ratio brutorum, in all the reason they have. Memory Memory lays up all the species which the senses have brought in, and records them as a good register, that they may be forthcoming when they are called for by fantasy and reason. His object is the same with fantasy, his seat and organ the back part of the brain. Affections of the senses, sleep and waking. The affections of these senses are sleep and waking, common to all sensible creatures. Sleep is a rest or binding of the outward senses, and of the common sense, for the preservation of body and soul, as Scaliger defines it. For when the common sense resteth, the outward senses rest also. The fantasy alone is free, and his commander reason, as appears by those imaginary dreams, which are of diverse kinds, natural, divine, demoniacal, etc., which vary according to the humors, diet, actions, objects, etc., of which Artemidorus, Cardinus, and Sambacus 
with their several interpretators, have written great volumes. This litigation of senses proceeds from an inhibition of spirits, the way being stopped by which they should come. This stopping is caused of vapors arising out of the stomach, filling the nerves, by which the spirits should be conveyed. When these vapors are spent, the passage is open, and the spirits perform their accustomed duties, so that waking is the action and motion of the senses, which the spirits dispersed over all parts cause. Subsection 8. Of the Moving Faculty. Appetite. This moving faculty is the other power of the sensitive soul, which causeth all those inward and outward animal motions in the body. It is divided into two faculties, the power of appetite, and of moving from place to place. This of appetite is threefold, so some will have it, natural, as it signifies any such inclination, as of a stone to fall downward and such actions as retention, expulsion, which depend not on sense, but are vegetal, as the appetite of meat and drink, hunger and thirst. Sensitive is common to men and brutes. Voluntary the third, or intellective, which commands the other two in men, and is a curb unto them, or at least should be, but for the most part is captivated and overruled by them, and men are led like beasts by sense, giving reins to their concupiscence and several lusts. For by this appetite the soul is led or inclined to follow that good which the senses shall approve, or avoid that which they hold evil. His object being good or evil, the one he embraceth, the other he rejecteth, according to that aphorism, omnia appetunt bonum, all things seek their own good, or at least seeming good. This power is inseparable from sense, for where sense is there are likewise pleasure and pain. His organ is the same with common sense, and is divided into two powers or inclinations, concupiscible or irascible, or, as one translates it, coveting, anger invading, or impugning. Concupiscible covets always pleasant and delightsome things, and abhors that which is distasteful, harsh, and unpleasant. Irascible, quasi aversans per irem et odium, as avoiding it with anger or indignation. All affections and perturbations arise out of these two fountains, which, although the Stoics make light of, we hold natural and not to be resisted. The good affections are caused by some object of the same nature, and, if present, they procure joy, which dilates the heart and preserves the body. If absent, they cause hope, love, desire, and concupiscence. The bad are simple or mixed. Simple for some bad object present, as sorrow, which contracts the heart, macerates the soul, subverts the good estate of the body, hindering all the operations of it, causing melancholy, and many times death itself, or future as fear. Out of these two arise those mixed affections and passions of anger, which is a desire of revenge, hatred, which is inveterate anger, zeal, which is offended with him who hurts that he loves, and epikairekakia, 
a compound affection of joy and hate, when we rejoice at other men's mischief, and are grieved at their prosperity. Pride, self-love, emulation, envy, shame, etc., of which elsewhere. Moving from place to place is a faculty necessarily following the other, for in vain were it otherwise to desire and to abhor, if we had not likewise power to prosecute or eschew, by moving the body from place to place. By this faculty thereof we locally move the body, or any part of it, to go from one place to another. To the better performance of which three things are requisite, that which moves, by what it moves, that which is moved. That which moves is either the efficient cause or end. The end is the object which is desired or eschewed, as in a dog to catch a hare, etc. The admirable league of nature, and by meditation of the spirit, commands the organ by which it moves, and that consists of nerves, muscles, cords, dispersed through the whole body, contracted and relaxed as the spirit's will, which move the muscles or nerves in the midst of them, and draw the cord, and so per consequence the joint, to the place intended. That which is moved is the body or some member apt to move. The motion of the body is diverse, as going, running, leaping, dancing, sitting, and such like, referred to the predicament of situs. Worms creep, birds fly, fishes swim, and so of parts, the chief of which is respiration or breathing, and is thus performed. The outward air is drawn in by the vocal artery, and sent by mediation of the midriff to the lungs, which, dilating themselves as a pair of bellows, reciprocally fetch it in, and send it out to the heart to cool it, from thence now being hot, convey it again, still taking in fresh. Such a like motion is that of the pulse, of which, because many have written whole books, I will say nothing. End of section 19